May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. What, why, and how are often three important questions to ask. And when it comes to Good Friday, we think we know the answer to all of those. The what is in the gospel story that we just heard. Jesus died. The how is also quite clear. He was taken before the temple authorities. He was taken before the Roman governor. He was condemned. He was nailed to a cross of wood. And he died. The why also seems, at least in our understanding, straightforward. Although there are twists. Jesus died to save us from our sins. That seems, in a way, straightforward. At least if you're a believer, that seems straightforward. But I want to suggest that there is, perhaps, a slightly different way of looking at it. Last Sunday, Palm Sunday, in Duke University Chapel in North Carolina, Sam Wells, who was my vicar when I was in London, preached a sermon, and I would imagine a book will follow, which may change the way that we think not just about Good Friday and Easter, but actually about the relationship of God the Trinity with the world itself. As some of you will know, Sam Wells is probably best known for his idea of being with rather than being for. Of the idea that God is with us, standing alongside us, helping us, but not necessarily doing things for us, not changing the world, yes, the occasional miracle, but otherwise not intervening in our lives, not manipulating us, not turning us from beings with free will into automatons. And he also uses the same idea of how we react with one another and how we should help those around us, not by doing things, not by prescribing things for them, not by coming in and seeking to intervene, but by being with people, by being alongside them, by allowing them to be themselves, because we are also ourselves. What Sam said last Sunday was that we need to reconsider why it was that Jesus came into the world, including what it was that happened on Good Friday. And he suggests that Jesus did not come into the world to save us from our sins. He did not come here as some type of offering or sacrifice. That Jesus, the incarnate member of the Trinity, came to earth because God the Trinity wanted to come to earth. That God the Trinity wanted to share the joy of the dance which takes place within the Trinity 
with the humanity that God created. This takes God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who is creator, redeemer, and sustainer, who is up there and down here and everywhere. That God who wants to share with us what the Trinity has, that perfection, that joy in creation. And this turns the story from being about us and our failings, a human-centric story, if you will, into something which is a God-centric story, albeit one with human effects, including what happened on Good Friday. And I want to try to illustrate this by the three readings which precede the Gospel today. And this allows us, I hope, to see three different aspects of how much God, the Trinity, the incarnate God, wishes to be with us. The first of our readings was from the prophet Isaiah. And this is one of the famous servant songs, Suffering Servant. It appears basically four times in Isaiah. To think about this, we need to talk about the idea of fulfillment and what that means. If you look at the Gospel reading, the word fulfill or fulfillment appears four times. It is the idea that what is in the Hebrew Scriptures presages what will happen in Christ's life, that this is God's purpose. And indeed, in many ways, that is true. But fulfillment is not an exact prediction. It is not a roadmap from the Old Testament of what will happen in the New Testament. And yet, too often, we take it as that. And therefore, our views of what happened, including on Good Friday, are shaped by what we read in the Old Testament. I am not going to read the whole passage, but I am going to read you a couple of pieces from it. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. He was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have all turned our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. And this, unfortunately, is the key phrase. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him with pain. From this come so many of the our understandings, or I would argue perhaps misunderstandings, of what it was that happened on the cross. That Jesus had to die. There are two divergent ways of looking at this. The first is, goes under various names, penal substitution is one of them. That God required an offering to cleanse us of our sins. And therefore he had to have somebody, and that somebody was Jesus, his son. And the other version, which is slightly kinder, but still involves Jesus dying for us, is that Jesus offered himself freely 
for our sins. But perhaps it wasn't like that. Perhaps Jesus, the incarnate God, who wanted to come down to earth, who wanted to interact with humanity, to understand humanity, to shed the joy of being part of the Trinity, in finding himself entwined with humanity, and in particular, the circumstances which occurred in Jerusalem at this precise time, found himself facing death. Not something that was sought, not something that was needed to cleanse us from our sins, but something which was an integral part of God being with humanity. And facing that with tears in the garden, with thorns around his head, with beatings by the soldiers, with the disdain of the crowd, with the tauntings and some of the readings of those on his left and his right. Jesus died because God wanted to continue to be with humanity. And from that, yes, we get the resurrection. But Jesus did not need to die for us. That was a part of God being with us. The second aspect that I want to talk about relates to the psalm, this very famous Psalm 22, the psalm of David, where David, in the original, cries out to God that he's been forsaken. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then on the cross, not in the John reading, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we never quite know what to make of this, so quite often we just skip over it. But again, in this rethinking of it, in this thinking of God coming down to earth, incarnate to be with humanity, this is the ultimate sacrifice. It is that God so loved the world that God was prepared to be separated from another person of the Trinity. That God the Father, if you will, was prepared to be separated from God the Son, the Creator, the Redeemer, the above, the here, in order to fulfill that idea of being with humanity. There is that time in the garden where Jesus weeps and says, Father, if this cup can pass from me, then let it pass. But if not, then let your will be done. And as Sam puts it, if Jesus had left at this point, if Jesus had run away, had gone up to heaven, then that whole idea of God wishing to be with humanity would have gone. But no. God was prepared to lose God in order to remain with humanity. And then our third reading, the reading from Hebrews. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who in every sense has been tested as we are. We can therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Again, this idea 
that God, the Trinity, wants so much to be with us. That God incarnate is prepared to experience everything, including pain, including rejection, including loneliness, including death itself, means that our God is aware of everything that we need. Yes, of our weaknesses, but of also those things that happen to us. There is nothing of which we need to be ashamed if we will but approach the throne of God, as the writer of Hebrews says, with boldness. And that, again, is this gift of this new understanding of God being with us. God so wants to be with us. God has understood everything we have gone through. God loves us so much that he wants to share all of this with us and us to share everything that he has. And therefore, while today is a day of sadness, it is a day which must inevitably precede Sunday, the resurrection, when that future promise of being always, always with God is made clear. Amen.